If you do it right, it's not dangerous. If you don't know how you do it, it can be really dangerous. You can feel it in your stomach and it's so good. You are in love. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 6 of This Amakena Life, a new season of stories from and about the island of Amma in southern Copenhagen. And in this episode, the last of the season, we're heading to a terraced house in Tornbu to meet a woman who's a bookkeeper by day. I like numbers and I think I'm really good at it. And a very unusual kind of life coach by night. They think, Woo, I can do that and that and that. They get the feeling, I do it. I can also do a lot of other things. I'm not stupid, I can, I'm good. And people get happy and I can see people change. There are, by my count, four ways to open a bottle of champagne. There's what you might call the Formula One method, which you'll know if you've ever seen footage of an F1 driver on the podium. It entails shaking a bottle of bubbly until it erupts like a volcano and sprays champagne everywhere. See also the dressing room of every Premier League winner since records began. Then there's the traditional method, holding the cork under a napkin and twisting the bottle slowly but surely until the cork comes loose with an elegant little puff. The third method, of course, is the celebratory pop, the deliberate release of the cork so that it goes flying across the room or up into the air. And then there's this. Are you ready? This, of course, is sabering, the art of opening a bottle of champagne without popping the cork using only a blade. And to get a handle on it all, I've come to meet a woman who lives in an unassuming house in suburban Amma. My name is Marianne Sass-Petersen. I'm born in the island Amma. I work uh, on the day with uh, bookkeeping. And uh, in my free time, I uh, learn people to cut champagne, which word, and selling champagne, and make show why I learn people to cut champagne. That's right, Mariana teaches people how to open champagne bottles with blades. And sitting in her living room with a pot of Roybosch tea, I asked her to give me an intro to sabering too. You have the right position. And you have to, your elbow in the side here, and you get 30 degrees. Yes. Perhaps the most important thing to know, in case it's not obvious, is that you're not actually slicing through the bottle. Rather, you're sliding the flat side of your blade along the seam of the bottle and striking that glass rim just below the cork. Pressure inside the bottle, well, that's enough to blow the top right off. Traditionally, you'd use a sword, though apparently a decent kitchen knife will do. Either way, my first question for Mariana was, why? It's more fun. You can feel it in your stomach and it's so good. Fair enough. My chance to feel butterflies in my stomach was yet to come though. Right now, I was curious. You see, I'm not sure what I expected a champagne sabre to look like. But if I'm honest, given its faint air of daring do, 
I'm not sure a suburban bookkeeper would have been my first choice. How then did Mariana get into it? I've been divorced and uh, 14 days after I meet Henry Kansen, the chef. He have to be judge to open oysters. And uh, in the middle, they open champagne with word. It's a competition, a Danish competition. Wow, I think it's really fun. And I take a lot of pictures and I look and I think I have to do that. I, I have to do that. <laughs> and I think, yeah, why not? I do it. <laughs> and after that, I have to only open champagne with word. In fact, Mariana and Henrik never looked back. Whether it was their enthusiasm for sabering or for champagne, they started taking it pretty seriously, even if they had to figure it out for themselves. Nobody have shown me. They have shown Henrik, but not so good. So I find a place where I can buy a sword and we cut champagne every day. They also got Mariana's daughter into it and the three of them got so good at sabering they decided to compete in the national championship. And what followed was a montage-worthy climb up the standings each year. We tried and tried, and one year, Henrik be number four and three, he get number two. I get number three, my daughter get number three. But as the saying goes, second place is the first loser. And so, in the face of all this crushing disappointment, Henrik came up with a plan. He find a new way to do it. One that involved loosening the agraf, the little wire cage that keeps the cork in, rather than removing it entirely. If I've just lost you, never mind. All you need to know is that, much like the Fosbury flop or the false nine, it worked wonders in competition. I do it with all that on, with a sword from uh, Spain, and I cut with all that on. All the other people is do it and take the graph off. I do it with the graph. Did get really fast, so I get number one in the competition and bookkeeper. <laughs> there were waiters and there was chef and the bookkeeper won the competition. <laughs> Mariana's victory over all those waiters is all the more impressive given that competitive sabering isn't just about removing the cork with the blade. You have to cut clean. If they're not cut clean, you get mines point. If you not have uh, all the champagne in the glasses, you have mines point. If you not do it with style, you get mines point. If you not, don't do with safety, you get mines points. So there's many things you have to remember on really few minutes. The most important is to take the uh, champagne in the glasses on the right way. Um, you have to do it in 16 glasses and you have to do it the right way. You don't touch the glasses. If it's say pling, you get the mines uh, point. So every day I, I uh, do it with all things, Coca-Cola and champagne and water. But with all this talk of opening champagne, I had a pressing question for the bookkeeper. How much champagne do you end up getting through? Because every time you open a bottle, Yes. What happens to the champagne? In my stomach. <laughs> okay. so, indeed. In, on the customer's stomach or...? But if you went and opened a bottle now, what happens to it? Uh, we drink it. Okay, and but then how do you get your work done, your bookkeeping done? I mean, you... 
How is your bookkeeping after uh, a um, I don't drink champagne and bookkeeping. Uh, okay, so separate days for each. Yes. Luckily, I'd arrived on a champagne day, but I still hadn't seen one of the swords. So I asked Mariana if she had any lying around. Uh, yes. I have fox here. <laughs> oh my <gosh>. in my, <laughs> I have sword everywhere in my, yes, my no, house. No one's going to burgle this house, are they? No, no. Um, the, the good bit with fox is it's not so long. It's maybe a half, half meter. Yeah. It's <laughs> you're not getting on an airplane anytime soon, though. Uh, no. I'm not entirely sure what I was expecting, but it certainly wasn't a Pirates of the Caribbean-style cutlass. It's a handmade sword from Italy, and uh, the steel is a very, very high quality. And the grip mm-hmm. is uh, a copy of a Napoleon uh, sword. A really quick word about the etymology. Today's champagne swords are sometimes called Napoleon swords because the art of sabring champagne developed in France in the 19th century. Soldiers in Napoleon's army carried sabers and used them to open celebratory bottles of bubbly after a battle. So you can try to take it in your hand, you can, fe- can feel it's a very, uh, feeling very good. Yeah. And, nice, and, uh... and when they look very good in your hand, it's very good to uh, cut if, if you know how to do. Yeah, I haven't got a clue. So which way is, is this is the outside edge? No, we do, you do it uh, here. Okay. And you have it here and, oh, and yeah. cut. Mm-hmm. The other Evidently, I needed schooling. So we decided to venture outside to Mariana's patio. And we have to with safety. <laughs> we should. Yes. That's a good idea. So we take the Where she regularly teaches sabering to groups celebrating birthdays, stag dues, and so on. As Mariana showed me the ropes, I learned that you don't actually need champagne. You can use anything made in the champagne method. So Carver's fine, but Prosecco's a no-no. I also learned some technical details about the angle of the bottle and the seam and where your thumb goes. But, well, I think you'd rather know how I got on. Are you ready? I think so. Sweet. Yeah. Marks out of ten? Ah. Be honest. Three. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it wasn't a clean... You got it too hurt. Yeah. And you do it too fast. Is that right? Yes. Too hard and too fast. But you get a little bit nervous. Yeah. Well, fair enough. (laughs) That was the hard part. Do you want to taste? I think I need a glass. (laughs) Yeah, may I have a glass here? That's a way to start the Christmas season, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I can already see how kind of addictive this could be. I mean, could you feel something in your stomach? Yeah, I I felt I felt like I was leaping off a cliff. I don't know know why. It's totally irrational because it's all pointing away from you. And you, I think I just had my parents' voice in my head. uh, You know, don't play with knives. Don't play with glass. You know, don't play with alcohol. Despite the champagne, we were soon feeling cold. So, much like Napoleon in 1812, we decided to beat a hasty retreat from the patio. And when Mariana suggested I see her sword collection, I asked her where it was. In my basement. <laughs> I've never been asked down to someone's basement where they've got swords before, but uh, yeah. I've seen that movie. It doesn't end well. Yeah. Um, I have sword in all 
room in my home, also the I, bedroom. Like I said, like I said, no one, and, no uh, one's going to come and rob you. Uh, Before heading to the basement, though, Mariana showed me her loo. My logo and the You got your logo on the seat, yeah. Yeah. You got uh, champagne holders. Mm-hmm. You got a fencing mask and sabers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a champagne box to hold yes. your hand towels. Yeah. Yes. It's all about the details, isn't it? Yeah. The little details. It certainly is. And Mariana even has logos of famous champagne brands engraved on the paving stones outside her front door. I have a stone with a Krug logo. And I have Tettinger. But pride of place goes to her basement showroom and cosy corner. It's my room for sweat and uh, military things and books and uh, diplomas and uh, memory from uh, when I've been out in the world and see something about champagne or sweat. Or, yes, I love this room. Down in the basement, surrounded by a lifetime of memories, I rattled off a few quick-fire questions, like, doesn't she get hangovers? I only drink champagne, and you don't get headache if you only drink champagne. And does she have a favourite bottle of bubbly? Among the Brunach. It's uh, champagne in a gold bottle with uh, metal etiquette in uh, black boxes. I think when... One day I go in the ground and when I hear more, I have to put down in that bottle and that box. Okay, so you're going to be buried with champagne? Yes. Presumably buried with a sword or two? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact about her favourite fizz, Armand de Brignac. It's partly owned by rapper Jay-Z. And you know what? That isn't the only hip-hop thing about Mariana. Her middle name is Sass. And in her email signature, she spells it with a dollar sign, like too short, mace, and ASAP Rocky. When you call in SAS, you have to do something. So, uh, yeah, only for fun and for show people that uh, take care of their money. Maybe then, the key question in this episode is, how come this champagne-sabering hip-hop fan likes bookkeeping so much? I like numbers. And uh, I like to meet people, and I think I'm really good at it. The company called me, <laughs> help us, help us. <laughs> well, that figures. Still, you know what else she's good at? Sabering. And yet, after winning the Danish championship in 2009, Mariana never entered another competition. Though she did a bit of judging, she preferred instead to focus on her bookkeeping business and her side hustle, buying and selling swords and champagne and teaching sabering to tipsy stags, hens, and newlyweds. And why not? It is, as Mariana concludes, a potentially life-changing skill to pass on. When people cut champagne, they see a new side of themselves. They think, whoo, I can do that and that and that. They get the feeling, I do it. I can also do a lot of other things. I'm not stupid, I can, I'm good. And people get happy, and I can see people change. You've been listening to episode six of This Amakena Life, a new season of Archipelago all about the island of Amma. 
If you've enjoyed listening to it, feel free to share it with friends and family or leave a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. This Amakena Life is written, produced and hosted by me, James Clasper. The only thing I don't do is the music. That's by two artists, Scenery and Squares and Triangles. And you can find links to their music in the show notes, along with the link to Mariana's homepage, where you can pick up your own sword. Many thanks for listening, and I hope to see you sabring champagne very soon. Are you ready?